2: What's going on, people? My bar podcast, folks. Welcome back, man, to another episode, another Tuesday in the building with your boy. Uh, this is a throwback episode. We're going back to uh, 2020. And this is, man, this brother here, man, I really got so much love and respect for uh, Chris Roseboro, man. Um, his videos uh, were super helpful for me and my just transitioning out of a lot of bad doctrine. And so I was crazy humbled to be able to have him on the show. He actually had me on his YouTube channel. I did the uh, the Prophecy Bingo, if you're familiar with that, uh, make sure you look that up on YouTube. But yeah, man, big shout out to Chris, man, and uh, and his son, uh, Josh, man. Those are some awesome guys that really got a love, man, for God's word, and they protect it at all costs. If it means uh, picking on some of the famous uh, uh, pastors and so-called prophets and evangelists, uh, they'll do it, man. And so it was such a great honor to have Chris on the show I know you're going to enjoy it, man. So, hey, I also want to give you a heads up. I'm actually going to have a guest host. That's right. There's going to be a guest host on The Bar Podcast. Shout out to my man, David, from Exposit, The Word. Um, You guys know I've been crazy busy lately, and so David reached out and offered to be a guest host, man, and I was super excited about that. So shout out to David, man. I don't know if it's going to be after this episode, but be on the lookout for it. When you hear the sweet British, uh, UK, whatever his accent is, when you hear that, that, you know it's not your boy. You know it's not me. But you have not tuned into the wrong channel, man. David is doing me a big favor and and help uh, hosting the bar podcast, man. I hope you guys enjoy it. Pull up a seat and open up your Bible. What a wonderful feast! The living bread, and we're discussing what it means for the streets, the inner cities, and the burbs. And every person we meet is where we challenge world views that we hear from world news in light of the scripture. We are here to serve you. We're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces. This is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it. And this is for the truth lovers, biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations. Yeah. Welcome to the modern reformation. Yeah. The bar. Biblical and reform. Welcome, everybody, to The Bar. It's your boy, Dwayne, in the building, right back in here another Tuesday. Super excited, as always, to be coming through your speakers, through your earbuds, wherever you listen to The Bar. We're grateful that you're listening. And I love to start every show off by thanking the listeners. Appreciate you guys being uh, just who you are, man, buying bar gear, subscribing to the page, writing reviews. You just do an awesome job. And I really appreciate that um, this make this uh, fun. That makes this fun. That makes this uh, enjoyable, even when I feel down or I'm like man I gotta upload another one but I remember you great listeners and I really appreciate you guys doing that and like I do every Tuesday I bring you an awesome guest uh this guest uh I've been watching for a while I've been trying to get him on the show for a while uh and and I had to pull a few uh big dog strings to to make it happen but we have on today none other than my brother Chris Roseboro how are you doing today sir doing great. How about how about yourself? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. Glad to have you on the show. Super excited. And uh and so I had uh, uh uh I called some people call him their favorite Lutheran on on my show last week and I said, "Well, my favorite Lutheran is Chris. So you you got to, you know, you got to come really hard to take Chris's place, man." So, I'm excited to have you uh to finally my listeners can hear my favorite Lutheran. But Chris, I'm going to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself to my listeners. Sure. Uh I am uh I am pastor uh, Chris Rosebro. I am a Lutheran pastor,
1: a confessional Lutheran pastor. Sometimes people go, "Oh, you're a Lutheran. That means you you are like for, you know, gay marriage and women's ordination. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh so those those people that we call them Lutherans in la- in name only. So, uh yeah, they're, they're that's a strange breed of uh, Lutheran, but yes, I'm a confessional Lutheran. <laughs> Pastor, I pastor Kongsvinger Lutheran Church in Oslo, Minnesota. Don't you know? And uh, and I'm also the uh, I also do a YouTube a uh, channel called Fighting for the Faith and uh we've put our uh, podcast uh, not on ice forever but we we're, we're kind of reworking it and retooling it how it's going to work so I did a podcast uh called Fighting for the Faith for the better part of 12 years and uh, and so we've migrated over to YouTube and now we're trying to figure out what to do with the podcast cuz it's still a powerful medium but mm-hmm. uh, But uh, the uh, the work that goes into creating the podcast has been, uh, let's just say, challenging
2: as my pastoral responsibilities have increased. Right. I can imagine that. I can imagine that. I remember you telling me that when we were able to talk briefly on the phone. So let's start with uh, the pastor inside. Um, Like I told you, I like to do what we call a local pastor spotlight. And you mentioned like how. Uh, I guess how often you have to minister. Let's just talk about, you know, a day in the life of Pastor Chris. Uh, You know, what does that look like? Uh, What's your congregation uh, um, dynamic and maybe even some of the challenges with it?
1: Okay, so uh, my my uh, initial call is to Kongsvinger Lutheran Church. It's in rural Oslo, Minnesota. On any given Sunday, maybe thirty five people on a good Sunday, over forty, um, and so it, it's a small congregation. Um, But then on top of that, I'm also uh, the interim pastor at another uh, church, a confessional Lutheran church in Radium, Minnesota. And the name of that is Emmanuel Lutheran Church. That's a church that's in the uh, Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And then um, I also spend my Saturdays. Uh, doing work with uh, a group called the Aletheia Lutheran International Evangelical Synod, and helping them with their church planting, and uh, and they're trying to leverage internet technologies as it relates to that. So, um, so my weekends, Saturday Sunday, are completely slammed. Is the mm-hmm. best way. To uh, you know, so pretty much starting at like six in the morning on Saturday, I don't get to breathe again until roughly five o'clock on Sunday night. Wow. <laughs> uh, but uh so then along with that you know you you have people who want to meet with you for the purpose of you know counseling or needing pastoral care uh so I go and visit my shut-ins uh, bring them the word and sacrament uh and then on, uh, and on top of that you still have to stay in the word you know mm-hmm. uh, and so the, well, there's this really funny thing that people think that uh, pastors like only work 1 hour a day man i wish they would. <laughs> You know so yeah to the untrained observer that's how that looks uh, but uh, so uh, uh, so aside from my pastoral responsibilities then obviously you have uh, you have to do sermon prep I'm a, a firm believer that you need to whatever tra- uh, text you're working on you need to have a rough translation of that text so that you're rightly handling God's Word you do not want to uh to mishandle God's word. That is a big no-no, not, not merely to the congregation, but before God. You don't want to make promises for God that he hasn't made. You don't want to mishandle his word. The whole point of studying and showing yourself approved as a workman who need not blush with embarrassment is so that you can rightly handle the word of truth. Mm-hmm. That's that's part of it. And then, uh, and, and so that you got that, I'm also, uh, teaching a seminary class online. And then on top of that is fighting for the faith, uh, the YouTube channel. <laughs> so, uh, it, 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 pretty much, I,
2: um, yeah, I don't really get a lot of downtime. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> obviously, obviously. Wow. That is amazing. I mean, the, the, that is a lot of stuff. Um, uh, I, I love the joke about the pastor only works one hour a week. I'm sure a lot of pastors laughed at that one because that, you know, that is definitely not the case. Um, and that, that's amazing because, you know, I, I know about, you know, um, YouTube and, and how to, you know, do a good production and, and good quality. And I know when you find a groove, it can become pretty easy, but it still takes time. It takes yep. research that, you know, and all of that. So before we jump into that, just, um, back up and give me kind of a background or a genesis of fighting for the faith. Where did it start? Why did it start? Yep. And, uh, and, and all of that good stuff. Okay.
1: So my original theological training is in Christian apologetics. Mm. Um, I spent some time in the uh, charismatic movement in a, in a uh, group known as the latter rain, which is kind of way out there on the, uh, uh, the, the lunatic fringe of the character. <laughs> That's the best way I can put it. My wife and I got swept up into that. Prior to that, we were Nazarenes. And the best way I can summarize it quickly is to say that God was merciful to us. And uh, and through the word of God in the mouth of a, of a very devout woman was able to bring us out of the uh, Lateran movement. And when my wife and I came out, we kind of th- felt so deceived and betrayed Mm -hmm. uh, by people who were Supposed to be teaching us the scriptures and were representatives of Christ, and so uh, rather than abandon Christianity, which was one of the options on the table for us, sure, uh, we, uh, you know, I, I basically said to my wife, I said, I think the Bible's true, but I'm pretty convinced we don't know what it says or what it means, mm-hmm. and, and so that began uh, in earnest a study of the Word of God. Along the way, and very shortly after that, I began doing work uh, with a, a small uh group of volunteers who would do who uh basically reached out to jehovah's witnesses for the purpose mm-hmm. of sharing the gospel with them, doing counter-cold apologetics, found that I really, really enjoyed it. For, that, for me, that was not work. That was something it was, it was a joy to do. So uh, Walter Martin was still alive at the time, and I contacted him and had the opportunity to have a, a brief conversation with him. Told him that, uh, you know, I, I, I really wanted to pursue this. He told me to, you know, pack everything up. My wife and I had, you know, we were in Seattle at the time and uh, moved back to Southern California, and we did. And I studied apologetics under Dr. Rod Rosenblatt at Christ College, Irvine. That's wow. kind of uh, the foundation there. And that uh, Walter Martin told me to do that. Now, he died before we got there, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that that started me on this this journey, and uh, one of the things that uh, I was exposed to the for, for the first time with the Lutherans was the was the proper distinction of what's called the law and the gospel, mm-hmm. and and so as a Nazarene, uh, it was all law, la 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 la, and. Um, <laughs> And always what you have to do, and rarely, if ever, did you hear what Christ has done for you. So there was an imbalance. And uh, where, where you're preaching and teaching that you're receiving is all law-focused. It has a tendency to send people into kind of three different directions. Uh, one of those directions is utter despair. You know, uh, mm-hmm. th- you know I'm, not, I'm not pulling this off. The, uh, the other direction is is, uh, is like self-righteousness, you know, just, you know, I'm better than you are. And the whole thing is just a complete facade. Cause you know, you're a fraud, uh, you know, in the whole self-righteous scheme. And what it does is it sets up this two tiered Christianity, uh, the, the Christians who glow in the dark, who somehow are super holy. And then yeah. every time trying to figure out how the other group is pulling it off. And, uh, and, and so, you know, that's one of the directions or, or you can, you, you get into some kind of weird mysticism to kind of pull it off. And that's where my wife and I ended up in the charismatic movement. But all that being said, hearing law and gospel for the first time, I had never heard in, in, in no joke, it, you know, if from seventh grade to, you know, my early college career had never heard the gospel preached to me as a Christian. And wow. It blew my mind, and uh, I was very skeptical of it at first and couldn't believe that it was, you know, that the Bible taught that we are saved by grace through faith alone apart from works, Uh, and this is all the work of God. Didn't believe it at all, was very skeptical of it, thought that if somebody believed this, that they would turn it into a license to sin, and, uh, you know, and Dr. Rod Rosenblatt was the guy who kept... You know hammering this in each of the uh, Each of the classes that I took from him I remember one time going up to him after class And you know saying Dr. Rosenblatt if what you're saying is true That you know that I'm saved totally by what Christ has done then you're saying I can do Whatever I want and I thought that this Would be the thing that would like expose me Right (laughs) right So he says he says well of course Chris he says now that Christ has Set you free from slavery to sin death And the devil what do you want to (laughs) do Nice. <laughs> uh. So, I you know, the long story short, I came kicking and screaming into Lutheranism. But what? Uh, but after that, I I had a real heart to reach out to people who I knew were struggling with the same, mm-hmm. same self righteousness, the same. Hypocrisy that I that I you know was you know experienced, and uh, and so uh, you know uh, it, as a Lutheran, this is going to sound weird. I uh, I got a teaching gig at a Baptist church. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ask how that that came across. My my Lutheran pastor knew that uh, th- that they had asked me to come and teach, and he said, "Yeah, that's really subversive. Go for it. They won't let let you stay there very long, but you know they let me stay for a few years." <laughs> but <laughs> That's the way I could put it. But uh, all of that being said, uh, one of the things I noticed, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed uh, Christian radio uh, and you know Christian talk radio in particular. And so, in the uh, in in the uh, really kind of starting at the end of the nineties, er, early on into the two thousands, there was like a noticeable switch, noticeable switch from. Uh, talk radio content that had, that was theological, biblically robust, uh, thought provoking, challenging to stuff that was really kind of, well, <laughs> lacking any meat whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, it, it was noticeable. It was, you know, th- you know, one program would disappear and another would take its place. It was like, you know, theology Bible hour is now replaced with, you know, cooking with Karen. And it's like... <laughs> what, what? here. And, and so, uh, at, at that time I thought, you know what, uh, you know, I, I began writing a blog in the mid two thousands and, uh, and thought, you know, maybe there's a way to, uh, to translate this into, you know, something that would be uh, along the lines of a radio program or something like that. Podcasting hadn't really, uh, taken off as any kind of a thing yet. Uh, although, you know it was around that time that the 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 iPod came out and that was kind of changing everything and as far as how people were consuming uh, their talk uh, their talk radio so uh i i put together a pilot for a program called fighting for the faith and uh and at the time i was uh, uh you know a corporate executive and i i i called uh, one of the i called one of the major christian uh, radio stations that was part of a Broad national network, shall we say, and 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 uh, and one of the executives was more than happy to sit down and talk with me about my ideas, and uh, and so took him to lunch, sat him down, played a few samples of my program, uh, talked to him about what my ideas were for fighting for the faith, and uh, we didn't get too far into the into the conversation, and he says, "No, Becky wouldn't like that." Mm. and Becky
0: who's (laughs) Becky
1: (laughs) so he said well Becky is our target audience and I said what (laughs) it's he says yeah Becky is uh is a um is a married female. She's uh, between 29 and 31 years old. She has 2.4 kids and, and she needs stuff that's more practical and relevant to her life. And she really doesn't like theological content and, and or biblical conflict and, and stuff. Like <laughs> that. And so, you know, and he said, now we, we'd be willing to, you know, to play your program, but you know, you're not, never going to make any money at it. It's going to cost you a lot of money to, to broadcast it and stuff like that. They were, over willing to do that. And I was, I was kind of upset after my lunch. Oh, sure. And, and so, um, it was then that I started to think about a different idea. So uh, streaming radio stations and podcasting were still fairly new, but I basically licked my pencil and wrote out a business plan uh, to launch my own radio station called Pirate Christian Radio. And the reason why it was called Pirate, because I would, you know, a pirate station is one that it broadcasts outside. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm established, uh, you know, thing. And so I, you know, that that's how this all came about. Uh, and, wow. so, and the name Pirate Christian Radio is, is a protest against what has become, uh, you know, uh, radio, Christian radio, as opposed to what it used to be in the 90s, you know, and in the early
2: 2000s. So... Wow. That is awesome. I appreciate you walking through that journey, man. That, that is amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know if we talked about this on the phone. I I, I also came out of the uh, charismatic movement, uh, NRA, uh, according to my air quotes, you can't see them, uh, the lineage, you know, uh, C Peter Wagner and, mm-hmm. um, um, Who's the guy? Oh man, I forgot Chuck Pierce. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the stream I I was connected to. And Chuck Pierce ordained uh, some apostles in his church and they ordained me and my wife as apostles a couple years ago. So (laughs) wow. So you're you're a repentant apostle. I am. I'm a repentant apostle. Yeah, I've actually had the privilege of uh do, pretty much telling my whole story on Miss Doreen's uh, YouTube channel, uh, okay. just a few weeks ago. Um, but yeah, I I know exactly what you're talking about, and that's why your YouTube just it rings so clear. Um, and and a an, another funny thing, uh, because I love seeing um uh, pastors that I used to like, I guess fanboy after, if that makes sense. Oh, boy. Um. Yeah, I used I used to love, you know, because because part of my story is, you know, I grew up an athlete and a musician. And so when I got saved, I thought the best uh, preachers were on TV, like the best athletes and musicians. And so that's what led me to the charismatic movement was looking the TV and, you know, seeing those guys on TV, thinking that that was the highest level. So, uh, so that's how I got sucked in. Um, but, but I, I had to throw out here, man. Um, we actually, we're in Greenville, South Carolina. So we attended uh church where Ron Carpenter was a pastor. I was, Wow. Yeah. I was I was in I was on that staff. My wife was on the marketing team. We were there. Um and then Taverner. I know we always bring up Taverner. Taverner is a Ron Carpenter offspring. Um so it's always Does that yeah. not
1: surprise me. Wow. Yeah, he, yeah. Theological train wreck. He's got a little bit of Mormonism, he's got a little yeah verdict, he's got a little Gnosticism and and, and he hates yep. being uh theologically corrected. That's the best way I can put it. So
2: yeah, yeah, no, I know Tavin. I remember when he was the youth, uh, quote unquote youth pastor there and, and when they, you know, trained him up and he was the next, supposed to be the next big thing, uh, before Ron went to, uh, California. So yeah, that you it's when I'm seeing that, I'm just, I, I love it because it needs to be exposed. I share it every chance, every time I get a chance. And so I definitely wanted to make sure I was able to tell you that, uh, and to my listeners, uh, make sure they knew that as well. So. Right here. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
0: Thankful Homemaker is a blog and podcast created to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. Thankful Homemaker provides truth filled, gospel driven encouragement to homemakers who amid their ordinary days desire to honor and glorify God in all things. Come visit ThankfulHomemaker.com for the latest articles and podcasts. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on your favorite podcast catcher. So ladies, pop in your headphones as you're doing dishes, cooking dinner, or folding laundry, and sit with me, host Marcy Farrell, as we chat together on how God's Word impacts everything we do as Christian women.
2: we're back in here with pastor chris roseborough and i i would my, my buddy lee would get on me if i didn't bring up this question the second half is usually kind of a, a lighter funner but i mean the whole thing is kind of light and fun if you ask me but uh, my buddy lee lee jones wanted me to, to talk about uh the photography man those beautiful pictures that you be uh, uh posting and, and 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 what where did that come from have you always been into photography and where, where did that come from
1: Okay, so I took my first photography class when I was in junior high. I learned how to shoot on 35 millimeter cameras in black and white and used to develop mm. wow uh, photographs. Uh, but the problem is, is that uh, back in the day, well, that was an expensive uh, hobby. And after I got married, we had no money. So... Uh, <laughs> So uh, the best way I could put it, it wasn't it wasn't until the early 2000s when I again got a decent camera and and always I've been hobbying in mm-hmm. photography and uh, and then uh, when uh, iPhones started putting really good cameras into their thing, I I, I just went hog wild. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, oh, best way I could put it, and and so uh, you know, this is a this is a hobby that begins back in junior high, and one that I dink with until maybe about ten years ago. Start taking it more seriously, and use my iPhone to really kind of teach me how to to set up good compositions. Uh, but then last year, uh, Pirate Christian Media. Uh, We, you know, we decided to upgrade our camera system for the YouTube channel. And uh, and so I made sure that the camera that we were using would be able to do double duty and uh, and got myself a a really good Nikon uh, DSLR. And uh, and now, you know, so I I spend I purposely try to spend anywhere from an hour to two hours a day purposely working on my photography for this reason is that the, the heresy hunting that I do and the stuff that I watch and listen to, it's Mm -hmm. really, really dark. And, um, I don't, I don't, you know, talk about this other part, but, uh, uh, I have a tendency to sometimes deal with depression and I find that heresy hunting just sometimes can send me sideways. Right. Right. And so by working on photography, what that does is it puts me into a different side of my brain. And when I'm when I'm working artistically like that, um, I'm able to turn off. heresy hunter for a little bit and you know and so i consider heresy to be the greatest ugliness on the planet uh because it is a blaspheming of god's holy name and a twisting of his word and it's the work of the devil and it's very dark whereas photography allows me to go and hunt for the beauty that is in the world Mm. and find a positive way to bring that forward. There's no, uh, it's, it's, the, it's just the theology of the beauty of God's creation. And so, um, I purposely am now applying myself to own skills so that I can, that I can bring forth more, uh, professional, uh, looking and beautiful compositions. That's really the idea.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. No. And they, they are awesome. Um, I love them. Uh, and, and my buddy Lee, like I say, he's a, he's a big fan of them. Uh, so I had to make sure I asked that. So now to the bar signature questions. These are the three questions I ask all of my guests. Okay. And, uh, the first signature bar question is what kind of music do you listen to? It depends on the time of the year. Okay. <laughs>
1: OK, so uh, in the fall and in the winter, I am a classical music guy mm-hmm. uh, so cold, with cooler weather. I, I just love, you know, so when I'm studying, when I'm working on a sermon, when I'm translating scriptures, uh, I love having classical music in the background. And um, and I don't really have any particular favorite composers. Oftentimes uh, I'll find myself really looking forward to the weekly update of the uh, the A-list classical list that's Mm -hmm. on apple music and discovered so many good uh uh, classical artists that way and that that's like my favorite thing but then as we start getting into spring and things start to to warm up i go bluegrass uh and then in the summer when it's uh, nice and hot and reminds me of the beach i I go back to the 1980s so i'm i'm a duran duran youtube
2: uh youtube (laughs) kind of (laughs) guy nice Nice. Good deal. All right. Next signature bar question is what book or books are you currently reading? Okay, let me grab the stack. Hang on a second here.
1: (laughs) See, I can't read one book at a time. That's. Oh, I know. (laughs) uh, So um, I'm currently uh, reading uh, Henry uh, Eister Jacobs, A Summary of the Christian Faith. I am also looking at James Livingston's uh, Modern Christian Thoughts. In the heresy category, uh, (laughs) uh, I'm reading a book called The Apostolic Revolution, and then I'm also working on a thing, uh, working on some historical roots of what's called Lutheran Pietism. And its impact on American evangelicalism. So I'm reading uh, Pia Desideria as well as John Wesley's A Plain Account of Christian Perfectionism. And then, of course, that does not also exclude also the the works that I'm reading in The Church Fathers. And uh, right now I am reading The Sermons of Ambrose of Milan, which I find to be just fascinating. So that's kind of what I'm working on as far as my book reading is concerned.
2: Nice, nice. Yeah, I I word that question that way because most people are the same way. They work through several at a time. So uh, I definitely get it. All right, last signature bar question, and it should be interesting. What podcasts or sermons do you listen to, if any? Okay,
1: so um, my favorite podcast for almost two decades now is uh, the Issues, Etc. podcast. And pretty much that's the only podcast that I have the time to listen to with all the other work that I'm doing. So that I, I don't mean to disappoint, but that that's kind of where I go to kind of keep a track on current affairs uh, as it relates to the church. And, and, uh, and they always have a good way of handling current news stories and things that are happening in the world. So issues, et cetera, is my go-to podcast.
2: Nice. Yeah, no, that's um that that makes sense. And that's why I, I worded that question that way, if any, because a lot of times when you uh, pastor a church, church content creator, um, you don't have a lot of time to consume podcasts. So I totally, totally understand that. Well, Chris, I really appreciate you coming on my show. This has been fun. has been a blessing. I'm um, glad we're finally able to make it happen. And I love to, uh, to end the show with give you an opportunity to address the listeners. Anything you want to share personal, uh, not personal, anything you want to share as far as encouragement or, uh, uh any words that you want to leave with my listeners before we get out of here? Sure. I and, and
1: so it is my greatest joy to always tell people of what Christ has done for them. And so uh, we as Christians, you know, we we get knocked around and beaten up by our own sinful flesh, our own sinful decisions, the temptations of the world, as well as the temptations of the devil. It seems like the unholy trinity of our flesh, the devil and the world have conspired to, to really knock our faith out of us. Mm-hmm. And they're which you you might say to yourself or you might hear the devil whisper in your ear, there's just no way you're a Christian because I saw what you did. And I always like to tell people, listen, Christ has died for the ungodly, the scriptures say. And so when the devil reminds you that you are ungodly, you say, yes, this is true. But that is also good news for me because Christ has bled and died for the ungodly. There are no sins that are not bled for and died for by Christ. And so I would always point you again and again that in Him there is the forgiveness of sins. Scripture says, "Blessed is the man against whom the Lord does not count iniquity." And so we are blessed because God has forgotten our sins; they are bled for, died for, and as a result of it, heaven and eternal life are given as a gift. And so we recognize sin for what it is: it is slavery, and we recognize that Christ has set us free from slavery, so that we can be forgiven and pardoned, and we have a hope of a new world. All is a gift. So stop striving for it. Relax. Believe. And <laughs> if you thinking, yeah, but i I've, I've sinned. Say, yeah, of course you sin. But if we say we have no sin, the Scripture says we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive us our sins and tra- and forgive us from all unrighteousness. So that being the case, Christ has bled and died for you, forgiven you of all unrighteousness. So relax. Believe. You're his son, you're his daughter, and you have the gift of eternal life given to
2: you. So receive it and believe
1: and just relax.
2: That's what I like to say. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That is awesome. Thank you again Chris for coming on the show. Definitely definitely appreciate it. That was uh great words of encouragement and uh and, and we're grateful. To the bar listeners, appreciate you guys tuning in to your favorite podcast, The Bar Podcast every Tuesday. Make sure you go to the barpodcast.com, make sure you go to the bargear.com to get some bar gear and then make sure you check out fighting for the faith. I'll have all the links in the show notes and uh, until next time you guys, God bless and we are out.